Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. Merry Christmas, Merry Kimberly. Christmas to you. How fun is this? This is so You're fun. You're counting the days down? I'm counting the days down. This is going to be a, a, a fun season for sure. And your little boy, Max. Yeah, three uh, years old. Three years old, so and that makes Christmas all the more electric, doesn't it? Everything is, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, wow. Amazing. You know, to watch there's it. nothing like Christmas with kids around. Yeah, that it's really fun. does kind of add a little kind of oomph to the whole celebration. Yes. But wait a minute. No matter what your age, Christmas has a certain kind of magic and magnetism. That's right. There's something about Christmas that draws people, even who don't understand its origins, mm-hmm. to the wonder and the life it brings. And today, we here at Viewpoint are in a senior community near Indianapolis uh, in a place called Primrose. And the people here are getting ready to celebrate Christmas. They're putting up their decorations just right. as we're here. <laughs> and they're having lunch just yes, now. And they've agreed downstairs. to share with us some of their memories from generations before about the wonder and the beauty and the life of Christmas. Stay with us. I'm so excited to see an old friend here today, and your name is? Barbara. And Barbara, how old are you? I'm 91. You're you, not 91. You couldn't yes, tell it. <laughs> My goodness. We I want to grow up and so be lucky. like you. Yeah. You look terrific for any age, but 91, wow. And uh, one thing about Barbara, I always notice, she's always ready to go. Yes. She's dressed to go to town. Dressed to Whatever. the nines. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here at 91, I'll tell you that. Well, as you're approaching your 91st Christmas, I know you had a rich and wonderful family growing up, and then you raised a family of your own and have some grandkids. How many grandchildren? I think, let's see, now I have uh, 14 grandchildren and uh, six great-grandchildren. Wow. That's a house full. And that's a lot of Christmas dinners and a lot of Christmas memories. Can you share with us something about Christmas that you've always loved? The one thing that I'll never forget, my grandfather was a Christian church minister in Illinois, and we usually always tried to all be together at Christmas. And at that point, there were, he had four grandchildren, and we were all girls. And it was so cute because he would ask us all to say a blessing before he did. And it never failed. One of the four of us always spilled a glass of water, <laughs> and not on purpose. It was terrible. And he was a wonderful gentleman and gave us many wonderful ideas and blessings, and I will never forget them. They were wonderful people in my life, and my family has been, I can't tell you how wonderful they've been all my life. Christmas has a lot to do with family, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does, and I am looking forward now for this Christmas, and I'm getting a little concerned whether I'm going to get them all together, but hopefully I will. (laughs) Okay, but Barbara, here's a tip for this Christmas. Don't spill a glass of water. (laughs) I'm going to be sure I don't. Thank you, Jim. That's wonderful. Merry Christmas, Barbara. Merry Christmas, Barbara. Thank you. The best always. I'm so glad to be here with Miss Bernie Berkwis Falls, quite a legend. I'll tell you what, that Bernie, she's had a wonderful life and a great imprint, even, I'll say, on my life personally. Bernie, can I ask you how old you are? 86. 
86 and in great form. Bernie, where did you grow up? What was the name of that place? Allison Gap, Virginia. Allison Gap, Virginia. So you're a southern girl? Yes. My dad had a country store there, and we lived in a place between Pump Log Holler and Leg Skillet. Okay. And where's well, Allison Gap? What is close to? Saltville, Virginia. <laughs> to Saltville, of course. Uh, Near what's the Saltville? Where's Saltville close to? Abingdon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the South, Jim. <laughs> That's right. And, and Bernie, do you have a memory of Christmas? Something that stands out as a wonderful picture in your mind? Well, we lived in Florida for 21 years. And my kids' favorite thing was to go to Grandma's in Virginia because they had snow. And my dad had them convinced that they wouldn't have a good Christmas unless they came to Pop House. <laughs> so we, we went every year that we could. And... We always left at midnight and drove all night so the kids would sleep. And one time we stopped in North Carolina to have breakfast, country ham. And uh, then Burke said, I am so glad we had a, a nice, quiet, dry night. No snow, you know. So Lori woke up and she said, Burke, be thankful that there's no snow. And Lori said, oh, no, I want snow. And, and so she got down on the floorboard of the car and prayed, oh, God, send us snow. Please send us snow. Burke said, Lori, quit that praying. We need to get to Mama's without any snow. We just went around the corner as we were, after we'd eaten breakfast, and we hit a blizzard. A blizzard. It was snowing. Yes. Your daughter knows how to pray. Well, Burke said, Lori, you quit that praying. <laughs> and it took us two extra hours to get home. So when we got back to uh, Daytona, Burke told the church people, he said, if you want any prayers answered, ask Lori. There you go. <laughs> it's a Christmas well, miracle. I'm, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with your Lori. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Bernie. Merry Christmas to you. It's a great story. Merry Christmas, Bernie. So what's your name? Kermit. Uh, 86. And, and Kermit's here with his wife, and your name is? Martha. And Martha, how old are you? 86. Boy, the two of you, same birth year. And it's been a wonderful experience together. And what do you remember about Christmas, Martha? Well, Christmas was a big thing for us when we were kids because that was the only time we got a toy. And we got, we'd get some kind of a doll or... I can remember when I got a little doll buggy and I was really excited because I never, I never had had... We never did have much toys. And so that doll buggy is a standout because that toy was a wonderful memory. Yes, yes. Where did you grow up? Uh, Alexandria. I was born and raised in Alexandria. And that's Alexandria, Indiana, not Egypt. That's right. <laughs> if I'm doing my math correctly, were you all born in 1930? 31. 31. What was Christmas like in the 30s? Well, we had very little. Uh, I was born in, in eastern Kentucky and... All of us got one pair of shoes a year, and that's all you got. The biggest thing I remember is we had this old square tin thing with a handle that we used to put in the fireplace and popcorn. Mm -hmm. 
and that, that was amazing. And but we, Christmas was a big thing for us. But uh, I, I, I was wasn't like her. She got a toy. We didn't. We never got toys. I never. Well, the girls got a doll once in a while, but Christmas, we always got a pair of shoes. That was it. So. And are you looking forward to Christmas this year? Oh, yeah. We always do. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for sharing today. Thanks for talking with us. Merry Christmas. I'm Marilyn Henderson. Hi, Marilyn. It's nice to see you today. I'm Kimberly. So we just wanted to talk to you. Jim told me that you, when you were a child, memorized Luke chapter 2 or a portion of it? Portion it. Just from 8, verse 8 to 20. And Marilyn, why did you do that? Why did you memorize it? I was in the choir at the time. I was a child in the choir, about maybe 10 years old or thereabouts. And this was part of our choir program for Christmas. So we, everybody in the, in the choir, the children, memorized Luke 2, 8 to 20. May I ask you how old you are today? Sure. I'm 87. And 87. So that's 77 years ago wow. you memorized this verse. And can you still remember any of it? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. And it still speaks to you about the beauty and wonder of Christmas? It speaks to me about that and about the shepherds that were in the field and were so astonished at hearing the Lord's voices coming down to them. And they obeyed immediately. They immediately left the... I don't know who took care of their sheep. (laughs) (laughs) They immediately left and went to see what the angels had told them. You know, I memorized the same verse Mm -hmm. when I was a young man for a church play. And let me see if I can recite it for you. And it came to pass that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this was in the year when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And each went into their own city to register for the census. And Joseph also went up out of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem in Judea, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And with him also went Mary, his espoused wife, who was great with child. And while they were there, Her days were accomplished, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes because there was no room for them at the inn. And now at verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly? A great multitude of the the heavenly heavenly hosts, praising praising God God and and saying, Glory to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. That's right. And in fact, there's a portion in there also that says, don't be afraid because the shepherds are quite afraid. Mm -hmm. And, And the angel said, don't be afraid, fear not, because I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David. A savior, which is Christ the Lord. And after all of that happened, you remembered that the shepherds said, let's go and see what the angel has made known unto us. (laughs) And I'm so struck by the lesson you learned as you memorize that verse and after all these almost 80 years since you memorized it, you still remember the lesson that the shepherds obeyed and went to see the Christ child. Right. And then they said after they left there that they were going to share this great news with the other people. And what does that teach you personally? 
that I have this great news and I better share it with the other people <laughs> yes, because I that's what I want to do. That's so marvelous, <laughs> Marilyn. Thank you for sharing with us and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. So, and your name is? Jack Hyatt. And Jack, can I be so bold as to ask you how old you are? 87. 87. And uh, what do you remember about Christmas? Well, at home it was pretty routine like every other, but I had one special Christmas. What was that? I was in the Navy and stationed in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Portsmouth, New Hampshire in the Navy. In Kittery, Maine, I started going to church, and this family kind of adopted me. And when it came Christmas time, they invited me for lobster on Christmas Eve. The only time in my life I had a whole lobster. They lived right on the Piscataqua River. That's right. And he and Mr. Young. And they could they could run out and grab yeah, one out of the yeah, water almost. Yeah. And uh, so I sat right next to Mrs. Young, and she told me what to do. <laughs> and then the next day, they invited me back for Christmas dinner. And afterwards, Mrs. Young's parents were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. So we, I went over there with them, and after everybody else, the family and I were there, and he broke out a, a bottle of champagne Aww. to celebrate. So I thought that was pretty special. That was. <laughs> and you had not known these people before. They just took you in. After I, after I moved, I had been in there about six months or seven. But they took you in and made you a part of their yeah, family. Yeah, I became part of the family. Christmas is so much about family, isn't well, it? Well, it was. But that, all the other family of Christmases, of course, I missed two or three at home, but uh, all the other family Christmases are pretty routine, you know, like family and all this. But that one is, sticks out in my Do mind. Do you remember the year you were in the Navy in Portsmouth, New Fif Hampshire? 51. 1951, right after the war? Uh, well, the Second was, World War during the Korean It was conflict. during the Korean War, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jack, thanks for sharing your memory. You're welcome. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Oh, come all ye faithful, come and adore him, the newborn king. To him we sing, worship, adore him, bow down before him, the newborn king. Joyful and triumphant, oh come 
You know, Kimberly, as we've been visiting with these great souls here in the lunchroom at this retirement community, I'm struck by how everyone's memory has touched on a little different facet of Christmas. That's right. I mean, we have some people who remember family moments, Mm -hmm. some who remember you know, their favorite toy. They didn't get toys very often, and Christmas was that. Quite a range. The journey. And I love the story about praying for snow on the way from Florida. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And and even a family taking in a young sailor Mm -hmm. into their home and making them part of the family. I mean, there's so many lessons to learn from that. Right. But one of the things I was just so impressed by was Marilyn's Mm -hmm. concept of Luke chapter 2, because Christmas really is in its very most elemental stage about the birth of Jesus. That's right. And we find that story in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and it's stamped in my memory too. My uncle used to read it to us every Christmas Eve. And uh, it tells the story of the wonder of the miracle and the reason we hang the lights and trim the tree and wrap gifts for sure. There's so many lessons we can draw from that that passage in Luke chapter 2. And Marilyn has remembered for 77 years yeah. the, the sense of the call to go mm-hmm. see Jesus and then to share the news about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's, sermons can be preached about that. Yeah. One of the things that I've loved about the story is the way in which, so far as we can tell, the original news about the birth of Jesus was given to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Now, you're a student of yes. biblical history. And what does that tell you about God's love and his focus yeah, it when tells he us- chose... The shepherds. He tells us that he went after the meek and the lowly, the people who had no position, no power, no privilege, uh, that the message came to those out there tending sheep, living on whatever they had for the day. Uh, They were the people that God sought out with this messenger of hope and uh, the call to come visit the Christ child. Shepherds in the ancient world were kind of the lowest part of the economic mm-hmm. totem pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not respected. It was not a vocation that Very you hoped dirty. that your, your children would grow up and become shepherds. Yeah. <laughs> it was something that you just kind of were born into, mm-hmm. and your family probably for generations was left in the fields to take care of this livestock. That's right. Very, it's, we call it sustenance living, right? This, just live on whatever bread you have for the day. They are um, wanderers, right, uh, out there in the desert and the cold and all the elements, no shelter. Uh, it's a hard life for sure. And yet God coming into the world in the person of his son, because that's what the story of Christmas really is. Mm-hmm. The incarnation, we say, of God. Right. The God becomes, the creator God becomes a part of the creation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the son of God. He, he encompasses the whole persona of God. Right. John tells us the gospel that Jesus is the Word of God, the, the word, idea of God. The, the wisdom, the yes, very yes. concepts of God are in human form. Right. And that astonishing news and the hope that it brings that God cares about his creation so much that he's actually t- willing to walk into its brokenness and its difficulties, its challenges, that news of hope comes first to the people who the world would say are most hopeless. Right. It didn't come first to the king on the throne uh, in Jerusalem. It didn't go first to the people in power or to the religious leaders. God chose very intentionally to bring that message to the poor. And that is the really life that Jesus, the ministry that Jesus will live out across the Gospels, that that's who he's come to speak to and to uh, proclaim hope to. And of course, Jesus himself is born in poverty. 
Mm-hmm. And the story of Luke 2 tells us that yes. he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, which mm-hmm. is a feeding trough for animals, because there's no room for them in the inn. Right. We've read a lot in between the lines into those phrases, but the bottom line of the story is Jesus was not born in a sumptuous palace. Right. He was not born into a cradle of luxury. He was born poor, mm-hmm. and the poor were the first to hear of his birth. That's right. And I guess this Christmas, it makes me want to follow Marilyn mm-hmm. in the footsteps of telling people about the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. but also to do so to that audience that That's God right. favored most. That's right. The people most hopeless, the most in need, the ones who have no advantages by birth. Those are the first audience of the That's Christmas right. story. And maybe our Christmases would be a little richer if instead of the extravagant way we tend to uh, pursue Christmas, we'd think a little bit, this Christmas, I want to be sure that I share with someone who maybe doesn't have hope that Jesus has come wherever you are in your world today. And maybe you're living in the lap of luxury and you know, the Lord loves you too, because we'll see next week that there are some people very well to do the three Kings and more. They get invited Uh, in, right? They get invited in wherever you are in the spectrum of economy or opportunity or advantage, whether your health is strong or frail, maybe you're young or you're old, wherever you are, the story of the Lord's birth is still one of hope. Do not be afraid, the angel said, Mm -hmm. because I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. And uh, especially today, though, if you're feeling like you're just not sure what to do next, like you're helpless and hopeless, this Christmas, find Jesus. How can you do that? Well, we want to encourage you to find a church where Jesus is honored. And think about worshiping there this Christmas, maybe on Christmas Eve or the Sunday before. But if you're not normally going to church, find a church where Jesus is at the center, where he is the subject. And that's a step towards finding him. And he will honor your Mm. quest. Mm. Seek and you will find. That's what Jesus says as he grows up. Another way you can find Jesus is just to pray with us because we believe God is hearing us. And when we ask for help to find him, Mm -hmm. he discloses himself. Mm -hmm. And you might think, well, I don't know where he is or how to get there. You can start by praying with us right now. Here we go. Our Father, we're so thankful today. We're so thankful that Jesus came into the world. We're thankful for Christmas. And we're thankful for the way which over the centuries and the years, it still speaks into people's lives. We know that there are many distractions and there are many baubles and glittering lights and things that sometimes take us off point. But right now, for all who join us in this prayer, we ask, help us to find Jesus. Like the shepherds, help us to find our way to his company. May we see him and sense him and experience his presence. And as we meet him, Lord, we pray that he will meet us and call the best out of us and stir in our hearts and cause us to surrender into his life, his spirit in his arms. As we find Jesus, Lord, may we be well aware of our unworthiness because none of us is worthy to be in the company of Christ, but he has made a way for us to be clean, to be free, to be forgiven, and to be new. This Christmas, Lord, I pray that those who join me in this prayer will find themselves clean, forgiven, new. Thank you for the Christmas time. Thanks for hearing our prayer. And before the end of this year, may everyone who has joined us in this prayer know they've been in the company of Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about how this Christmas or any time, you can touch base with Jesus, who is himself the very word of God become flesh. 
give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We are always ready, willing, and excited to hear from you. But wait a minute, Kimberly. I know some people are just a little hesitant to call up. What can they do online to find us? If you prefer, you can visit us at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll email you back. You can send us a message at CBH, that's Christians Broadcasting Hope, viewpoint.org. We will reply. And we also want you to know you can just use the postal service. Just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, no, we are always glad to hear from you. Kimberly, thanks so much for joining me at Primrose today. My pleasure. What fun. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Give that husband of your, Kevin, and your boy, Max, a hug. (laughs) You got it. And we are thankful that you joined us as well. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, for all of us at the Primrose community here on the northeast side of Indianapolis, this is Jim Lyon. Merry Christmas. Stay tuned.